We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. It's game day. Lakers versus Pistons. Time to bounce back. We're going to talk a little bit about tonight's game on today's show. We'll talk about the in-season tournament. We've got an injury update. We also need to talk about those pesky Zach Levine trade rumors as well. So a lot to dive into today. If you haven't done so yet, please make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications. And you know what? Check out our membership program. This Friday, we're going to do a live show that will give members. It's going to be a members-only show. YouTube channel members, it'll be a special live show just for them. And if you are a channel member, you'll have the opportunity to actually come on stage and join the show and, and be part of it. So it's going to be a lot of fun if you guys want to take part in that. Again, click that join button over on the YouTube channel. Check out all the perks that we've got to offer. There is one at least free episode, bonus episode of the show per week. And you guys can check that out this week. We'll provide the opportunity for you guys to actually jump on the show for channel members. So again, check that out. Hopefully we'll see you there on Friday for our special bonus live show for channel members. Um, all right, let's get into the injury update. We'll start right there. This is one of the most important things of the season for the Lakers because unfortunately, unfortunately, this team has been dealing with a ton of injuries, but we actually got some good news here on the Lakers status report. Anthony Davis and Cam Reddish are probable. That's right. Cam Reddish, probable. Now, if you've been following along over the course of the season, probable basically means they're playing. So Cam Reddish, I'm expecting him to make a return tonight against the Detroit Pistons. That's really important given how much of the Lakers wing depth has been decimated by injuries. Rui Hachimura is still out. Of course, he's out for the entirety of this road trip. Should get reevaluated when the Lakers get back to L.A. on Friday. Jared Vanderbilt still out as well. That's the downside of this. We've been waiting, hoping every day that we'll get an update that Jared Vanderbilt is almost back. Nope, still listed as out, dealing with left heel bursitis. And at this point, with him missing tonight's game against the Detroit Pistons, they play tomorrow against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So second night of a back-to-back, I can't, if he's not ready to go tonight, I can't see him going tomorrow, which means... That's it for the road trip for, for Jared Vanderbilt. Best case scenario, Vando could be back in action Saturday against the Houston Rockets. That's what the schedule would look like for Jared Vanderbilt. 
and a potential return for him. Unfortunate, you know, we've been expecting for a few games now that, all right, maybe today will be the day. Nope, has not happened. The only updates we've got is that he's scrimmaging two on two, three on three, that sort of thing. But apparently he's just not quite ready to go yet. Remember, we have not seen him since October 7th. That was the very first game of preseason. He's been out ever since dealing with left heel bursitis. The Lakers could certainly use him on the perimeter. Now, Cam Reddish does help out a bit there. His perimeter defense um, is something that has become a weapon for this Lakers team. He's been really good, one of the best guys in the NBA at getting steals this season. So that is certainly something that can help him, and Cam's return will be a welcome sight for the Lakers. Uh, the other thing on here, Gabe Vincent, left knee effusion. He's still out. Yeah, I'm expecting that we'll get an update on him probably sometime around when we do from Rui Hachimura, which is coming up on Friday. We'll probably hear something about uh, Gabe Vincent and him potentially, well, at least getting a reevaluation. I don't know if he'll be anywhere close to returning, but we should get more word on him in terms of how close he is to coming back. Remember, Hachimura was just a nasal fracture. Maybe he plays on, on Saturday against the Houston Rockets. I don't know, but again, out for this road trip. So that's where we're at. LeBron James listed as questionable for tonight's game. I think he's probably going to be listed as questionable for the entire season. Um, we This is kind of the way the Lakers have played this. So uh, he's questionable for the game. But again, I am expecting him to play. So that's where we're at on the injury front. Again, some good news. Cam Reddish should be back in action tonight. Bad news. Still no Jared Vanderbilt. And to me, that probably means no Jared Vanderbilt until Saturday at the earliest, if even then. All right. Let's talk a little bit about this. The in-season tournament. The in-season tournament uh, has now concluded. In fact, it's it's taking place right now as I'm recording this. It's the start of the fourth quarter for the Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. These games have been pretty fun. Teams have been going at each other. Teams have been, been playing with extra pep, extra energy. You can just see it. So far, so good for the in-season tournament. You know, if I could say anything, though, besides the court, you guys have heard me complain about the courts plenty. Um, I actually don't mind the Kings court. I think that one's fine. It's very gray, very muted. But aside from the courts, the only other thing that I could really complain about is, and this is just the nature of the beast, when you've got the group set up the way that they are and you're only playing a handful of games, um, trying to figure out what needs to happen in order for Team X to get through, right? Thank goodness the Lakers won out. They won all of their games and so we didn't have to worry once they once they'd won all their games. It was like, okay, that's it. They're they're through. They made it out of their group. They're first place. They didn't lose. Um, they're going to finish first in the Western Conference. They're going to have home court advantage uh, when they take on the Suns next week. But when we're trying to keep up with this, it's very complicated when you get into point differential and you're trying to trying to sort through all that. And if this team wins, then that team loses, and this team wins. And I know we get into the weeds a little bit when we're just looking at playoff seating. Um, on the NBA standings when we get there in, in March and in April. But this, it, it feels even more complicated than that. There's so many different possibilities on any given night, and you're watching not just who wins and loses, but how much they win and lose by, which there's a little bit more intrigue with that. But if you're not really paying attention, if you are more in the vein of the, the casual fan, I could see where it could be a little bit off-putting that it's so complicated to figure out, okay, my team won, that's good, right? Oh, no, wait, but they didn't win by enough, so they're out, right? And just that kind of stuff. Or they won, did they win by enough? Oh, wait, but this team had to do this and that team had to do that. Trying to keep track of all of that, I could see where that could be uh, a little bit daunting 
a little bit daunting. Even, you know, I, this is, this is what I do. And even for me trying to keep trying to follow along, keep up with all of it has not been easy. So that's one thing. I wonder if they will simplify that in the future, but uh, we've gotten some great basketball out of it. It's been some drama. Now we know the Lakers, their reward for going undefeated in the group stage is they get the Phoenix Suns in the quarterfinals. Now that will take place either Monday or Tuesday. Again, as I'm recording in this, that schedule has not yet been released. All we know is that it will, it will be Monday or Tuesday. That's why if you look at the Lakers schedule right now, there is a gap in the schedule in terms of the dates. Uh, the Lakers play Saturday against the Houston Rockets. And then there's a big gap before they play again. That doesn't mean they get you know eight days or whatever off. No, that's where the tournament games will be filled in. So what happens from here? So the Lakers, they play the Suns on either Monday or Tuesday. It will be a home game. It will be a Lakers home game. Let's say they win, okay? Then they advance to the semifinals, which will be played in Las Vegas. They win that game. This is single elimination now. They win in the semifinals. They go on to the finals in Vegas, and that will take place on December 9th. So that's what we're looking at if the Lakers win out. Now, what if the Lakers play the Suns on Monday or Tuesday and they lose? Well, what will happen is the NBA will take the teams who lost, the teams who are not playing in the semifinals, and they will put more games on the schedule. The Lakers will play then Friday. So they're going to play either Monday or Tuesday this week. And then if they win against the Suns, they'll play in the semifinals. If they lose against the Suns in the quarterfinals, then they will play another game against a non-semifinal team on Friday. So that's going to be what the Lakers schedule will look like for next week should they lose in the quarterfinals. Remember, these games still count for the regular season. So if they win in the quarterfinals and they lose in the semifinals, that's it. You don't need to add any more games. The only way a team is going to play 83 games this season, there's going to be two. That's the two teams that get to the finals of the NBA in-season tur tournament. That's what we're going to see. So the Lakers, if they win in the quarterfinals, that semifinal game will be their other game this week. And then we'll see where the chips fall from there if they're able to win that game or not. Uh, should they win both games, then they'll have to play an extra game, and that will be in the, the finals of the in-season tournament, which, look, the Lakers have talked about. They care about this tournament. They want to win it. Um, they want to get the extra $500,000 for some of their teammates that, that you know, never seen that kind of money. And, uh, you know, we, we wondered going into this, would it be enough? Would this be enough? Or is an NBA player, Anthony Davis is making, what, $40 million this year? Is he going to care about $500,000? The answer is yes. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. He's talked about it, right? They care about not so much that that's changing Anthony Davis's life, but it's getting their teammates money that, that makes a difference for these guys. So, yeah, they very much care about it. And uh, I think so far the tournament has been a success for the NBA. We've gotten some pretty spirited games here. Some tweaks will be made for sure in the future. But, you know, for all the people that were naysayers and saying this simply wasn't going to work, I, I'm and I was somewhat in that group where I didn't think it was necessarily going to work out, but I tried to keep an open mind. I think so far it's gone about as well as could be expected. We'll see how the finals go and, and all of that and how it all plays out. But so far, so good. I think we've gotten some good basketball out of it. All right, let's talk about the Zach Levine situation before we move on to Lakers versus Pistons. So Zach Levine, uh, according to Shams Tarania, which the, the Bulls look there, the Bulls are continuing to struggle. If you are the type that wants to see that wants to see um, 
Alex Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, any of these guys out there on the trade market, what you want to do is root for Bulls losses. Right now, looking at the Eastern Conference standings, the Chicago Bulls are sitting in 13th place. They are 5-14. and 14. They have a point differential of negative 6.6, which is one of the worst in the conference, and they have lost their last five games in a row. They are 2-8 and eight in their last 10. So that's basically what you want to see if you are hoping the Bulls will eventually trade those players. This is a playing at this level is going to push the Bulls to make some tough decisions around the trade deadline and potentially uh, be a seller. So for the Lakers, we've talked about this a little bit, but I want to make sure we reiterate so everybody understands, especially coming off of that really bad loss against the 76ers, um, the Lakers can't make a trade right now. Even if the Bulls called the Lakers and said, hey, what what do you want to do? You know, we'll, no picks involved or anything. We'll give you Zach Levine. The Lakers can't do it. It's not until December 15th that most of their guys become trade eligible. Rui and Austin aren't trade eligible till January 15th. And most likely Rui's contract is going to be needed in a trade if you're going to try to get something done for Zach Levine. Um, so what you're hoping for if you're the Lakers is that trade negotiations, which typically will pick up a little bit like in January, technically December 15th is to start a trade season in the NBA. We usually don't see trades done until January. Um, so what you want is the Bulls to not come to terms with any team very quickly. You want the Bulls to be a bit more diligent in the process, a bit more slow moving, so that come January 15th, the Lakers will have the assets that they can offer if they want to, if this is even a, a good idea for them. Now, the word from Shams Tarania is that the Bulls would want Austin Reeves in any deal. And we've already heard previously that the Lakers would not consider putting Austin Reeves in a deal for Zach Levine. On one hand, when I get this news uh, from Shams saying the Bulls would want Austin Reeves, I, on one hand, you, you say, well, duh. Of course they would. Any team negotiating with the Lakers right now for any player, they're going to check on the availability of Austin Reeves. Young player, Great contract, really skilled. Teams are, are going to be interested in him. So, of course, if you're Chicago, you're saying, you want Zach? All right, we want we want Austin. Right? That's going to be the, the top of their list. And if you're the Lakers, it's a matter of trying to find a way to do a deal without him. The challenge, though, is if you're the Lakers, it's trying to figure out how do you get this done and get the Bulls the assets that they want without parting with Austin without parting with too much without parting with so much that getting a player who is as admittedly talented as Zach Levine isn't negated by how much you had to remove from your roster in order to get him. So taking a look at this, you know, Zach Levine this season is making just over 40 million next season. He's making 43 million. The season after that 46 million after that, $49 million, and that's a player option for Zach Levine. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and that's a lot of years. It's a lot of years to be in on Zach Levine. So I've had a lot of Bulls fans who have been upset, frustrated, with Lakers fans lately, saying that Lakers fans are, are don't understand how good Zach Levine really is. You know, they aren't, they aren't giving him credit for how good he is and that the Bulls wouldn't take any of these packages from the Lakers anyway and, and that sort of thing. And look, 
uh, that's that's part of trade negotiations amongst fan bases, right? Everybody, every fan base is going to, to some degree, overvalue their players and undervalue the opponent's players. They're going to want top dollar in every trade. They're going to want to win every single trade. That's that's just a way, a way of life in NBA fandom. So there's that element to this, of course. But I think what gets missed is, is this. Yes, if you were to add Zach Levine to this Lakers roster right now, they would definitely be better. They would, they would, there's no question. Zach Levine is a very good player. No question. He's, he's extremely talented. They would be better. But that's not what the Lakers need to answer when they look at do we trade for Zach Levine or not? That's not the question that they're trying to answer. It's is this the move? Is this the move for us? It's not would we be better? Because that answer is yes, right? If it would it be worth it if you could do is it if it's D'Lo and Rui, D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura for Zach Levine, are the Lakers better off? If that's and that's and you know not even saying any picks or anything, just on the floor those two players. We're not even talking Austin Reeves here or anything like that. If it's just those two players for Zach Levine, and let's say you got to throw in a salary or something to make the money work, um. Would the Lakers be better? Probably. Probably because you've seen moments where they need a guy who can be a flamethrower. They, they need a guy who can go score 20-plus points every single night. They need a guy where LeBron doesn't have to do so much heavy lifting on the offensive end. And so, yeah, they, they probably are a better team if you do that. Again, I think trying to say that they're not a better team or that Rui is, is so good or D'Lo is so good and all that, like, it's probably underselling Levine a little bit and probably overselling. Rui Hachimura and D'Angelo Russell, who I think are both fine players in their own right. But I think the Lakers have probably enough depth if it was those two to get by without them. Now, the, the Bulls are going to want Austin Reeves in the deal. They'd want D'Lo and Reeves and, and Rui. And that's where things, you know, picks. And that's where things start getting crazy, right? But again, the question for the Lakers is, is this the move? Not just, are we better? Because see, if you do this trade, Yes, Zach Levine helps you. But the cost isn't just, is Zach Levine worth D'Lo, Rui, whatever it is that you have to put in, the, the pieces that you have to put into the deal. That's not, that's not the way the Lakers need to analyze this. The Lakers need to analyze this and say, is Zach Levine worth these guys that we've got on the floor? Number one, the, the, the baseline question is, do we get better? And that answer is probably yes. Probably, depending on what you actually have to put in. But there's a decent chance that you get Zach Levine. You're a better team. But it's also, what's the opportunity cost? What it, what else does this take away from us? And so when we look at Zach Levine as a, as a player, are there better options that could come down the road? And some of that is unknown. We don't know what other trade opportunities will become available. But if you do this deal... For Zach Levine, if you do something that involves, look, the Bulls want Austin Reeves. Let's say you part with Austin Reeves and you throw in Rui and Gabe Vincent or something, and you go and you try to get something done. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Number one, I don't think the Lakers are going to move Austin. I think they're pretty set on that. But there's always the possibility that you could use those pieces in another deal. And is there a deal that will pop up? Because right now the Bulls are struggling. But what other teams are going to struggle between now and the trade deadline? What other teams are going to look at the assets on their roster and say, you know what? We don't really have it this year. Let's um, let's see what we can get in exchange for, for some of these guys. Let's put some players out on the market. See if we can get some stuff for the future. Let's make some moves. Most teams aren't there yet. Most teams are not there right now. The Bulls have been awful, and the Bulls, frankly, probably should have torn this thing down over the summer, if not last year's trade deadline. And so there's been pressure building for them to do it. A lot of other teams, they don't, they don't realize that they're going to be a seller at the trade deadline yet. It's too early. They don't know that. So if you're the Lakers and you get locked in on Zach Levine and you do something there, there's an opportunity cost to that. You only get to trade these assets once. And I'm not even 100% that that's the right thing to do, is to trade these guys. But you only get to do it once. And on top of that, Zach Levine has this long-term contract. So you may be comfortable bringing in Zach Levine to be the third guy. I think he's a pretty damn good third guy. Is he a first guy? No. But he's a pretty damn good third guy. The question is, though, what about after that? If he was on a two-year contract, this would be so much easier. But it's a four-year contract. It's a four-year, four years under contract. So you need to, if you're the Lakers, you need to be able to say, this is the guy for the next four years. Can this guy be the second guy on this team? Or we've got questions. Can Anthony Davis on the offensive end be number one? At some point, LeBron walks away. Can Anthony Davis be that 1A guy? I mean, that I'd say the jury's out on that. And if you had to make a decision right now, you'd probably say no. Not on a night-to-night basis anyway. He's great defensively, there's no question, but he's probably not that guy on a night-to-night basis. So, can Zach Levine be a 1A guy, at least on the offensive end, every single night? I think the answer is no. So that's another part of this that you have to add into the value of potentially trading for Zach Levine. And that's why a lot of Lakers fans, again, looking at the salaries, DeMar DeRozan's $28.6 million. 
but just this season and that's it. That maintains a lot of future flexibility. You're not committing the next four years to him. Same thing with our old friend Alex Caruso. Right? He's got two years under contract. Next year's not even fully guaranteed. So, again, when we look at this, and then we hear the Bulls want Austin Reeves in a deal, and the Bulls want all, all this stuff. Look, they're they in every, every right to do that. They should want top dollar for their players. right? Every team's going to. But if the Bulls really want Austin Reeves in a deal, they want all of that stuff, if you're the Lakers, you have to factor in not just does trading this stuff for Zach Levine make us better right now. It's does trading this stuff for Zach Levine make us better right now and significantly better to where that's a better option than anything else that could come along by the trade deadline. Okay, And again, the earliest the Lakers can make this move anyway is January 15th. So this would give us, you know, we would have a better sense by that point of exactly what will or what won't be out there. In addition to, is this the guy that we really want moving forward? I think those are important questions. And by no means do I want to turn this into Zach Levine simply isn't good enough. He's a very good player. He would help the Lakers a lot. But there's a line. There's a line that you have to draw. It's different when you talk about a guy like, like Giannis or Jokic or some of that, right? Those are the guys where you just say, hey, what does it take? What do we, what do we have to pay in order to, in order to get this player? And let's make it happen, right? When it's Zach Levine, the Zach Levines of the world, you got to be a little bit more careful. You got to be a little bit more careful. Otherwise, what happens is what we saw happen with Russell Westbrook, where you bring in a guy who at that point is who is at his best as not being the, the 1A superstar. And you need them to be that because the rest of your roster has been so depleted by the trade and by the salary that that player has. We've lived in that world. We shouldn't be in any hurry to go back to it. So the Lakers need to be very careful with all this Zach Levine stuff. And by the way, I think the Reeves thing's a non-starter. I don't think the Lakers are going to are going to do it. At the same time, I don't fault the Bulls at all. Of course, they're going to say we we want Austin Reeves. Every single team in the league that the Lakers call would say we want Austin Reeves. That would be that. Okay. Let's talk about tonight's game or today's game, I guess I should say, because it's another early afternoon game or I guess late afternoon game because still on this East Coast road swing. So the Pistons against the Lakers. Uh, the Detroit Pistons are bad at basketball. They are 2-15 and 15 on the season. They are a minus 8.1 in terms of uh, point differential. And they have not won a game in November, it's November 29th. They have not won a game in November. Their last win was October 28th. They played October 30th, too. Didn't win that one. Yeah. I sure hope the Lakers are not going to be their one November win. And you know what? We can get into... The X's and we can get into, you know, these are the, the keys to the game. I'll put some of that out there on X tomorrow. But the bottom line here, bottom line with this, I don't think we've seen this Lakers team play angry yet. I don't think we've seen them play frustrated. I think we saw frustration from LeBron James in the locker room 
after the Lakers win or loss to the Pistons, that horrible loss, 44 points. I want to see the Lakers play angry. I want to see the Lakers come out upset. I want to see them determined. We've seen them push down on the gas pedal during the tournament games because that seems to matter more to them. We haven't seen them in the regular season really push down on that gas pedal. And I'm not saying that they have to play their best basketball to beat Detroit. Again, Detroit is a bad basketball team. But this is... The Lakers should be very upset with themselves after what they did against the 76ers. And we'll get into the mailbag in a minute here. And people are going to you know, question, you know, how surprising should it be the Lakers lost to the 76ers? It's not that they lost. It's the way they lost. By how many points they lost. That should be upsetting. That should not sit well with the Lakers. And that frustration should be taken out in this game against the Detroit Pistons. Now, I said going into this road trip, I'd be happy with 2-2, two and two, given the teams that the Lakers were playing. I'd be happy with 2-2. Two and two. That is right there in their grasp. But they have to beat Detroit. I am not banking on beating the Oklahoma City Thunder tomorrow night on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, a young team with fresh legs that's playing great basketball, Lakers' second night of a back-to-back -back on the road. I'm not banking on the Lakers winning that. You have to take care of business in this game. I've talked about it before. My philosophy with the NBA, with their playoff seedings, it's not necessarily about beating the best teams. And people will get upset about that. People will say, well, the Lakers need to prove they're one of the best teams in the conference. They need to, they need to beat the good teams. And look, yes, that narrative is going to be out there. Until we see the Lakers beat some of the better teams in the league, that narrative is going to be out there. But the truth is, the way you get to the playoff seeding that you want, it's not just by beating the best teams every now and then, improving something midseason. No, it's about beating the teams you are supposed to beat. Not having these games where you switch off for three quarters and you coast and you wind up losing to a team that is nowhere near your level. This is about getting in there, getting the job done, and making sure that you get this win. Now, this team, this Detroit team, just like every team, they're going to come into this game knowing that it's the Lakers in town, knowing that they will probably have more eyeballs on them in this game than any other game their season, any other home game in their season, because it's the Lakers. That matters. Their fans are going to be fired up. Detroit has a playoff history with the Lakers. So I'm expecting to see this young Pistons team pretty fired up. And the Lakers have to get out there and match that. If they do, if the Lakers match the intensity, match the focus, all of that, we should be just fine against the Pistons. If they don't, if they come out and say, this team is terrible and we're going to steamroll them and they make the worst mistake you can make against a bad team, and that is to give them hope, if they do that, they could be in for a fight. They shouldn't be. They could be. All depends on their mental approach to this game. That's what's going to matter the most. Now, the Pistons actually can be a, a decent offensive rebounding team, so that's going to be important. The Lakers keep them off the offensive glass. But I want to see this Lakers team come out and take out that frustration from their game against the 76ers on the Detroit Pistons. That's what needs to happen. All right, before I get into the mailbag, 
let me give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets, and they have a best price guarantee, so you can stop stressing over the tickets, start getting hyped for the fun that you are going to have. I used Game Time just a few weeks ago, took my daughter to her first NBA game. She had an absolute blast and it was super super easy they send the tickets directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through email or anything like that while you're trying to get in the building which is always frustrating uh and of course that game time guarantee you're going to get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time credits you 110 percent of the difference so snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account use code lakers nation for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code Lakers Nation for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Okay, let's get into the mailbag. Now, a lot of these questions, comments, well, they're coming from the post game against the 76ers. So that frustration is going to be here. Mamba mentality said, Come on, Trev, did we really expect to beat Philly today? When was the last time we beat Philly at their home? They always seem to have a magical game, home game versus us. It's not that you're expecting to beat them. It's that you don't expect to lose by 44. It's not that you lost. It's how you lost. That's the issue. That's the issue that I had with that game against the 76ers. And that's why, and I would hope that's what the issue the Lakers have too. They should say, this does not represent who we are as a basketball team and be determined to go out there and prove that that's the case. Q Spades said it's clear the gap between Embiid and AD is massive. I mean, Embiid is the MVP for a reason. Anthony Davis is an incredible defender, but uh, Embiid is is an amazing offensive player, and uh, he is is massive. And that was that was a problem for the Lakers in this game. M Dread said Braun was visibly frustrated. He should be. He should be right. I mean, wouldn't him not being frustrated be a bigger problem? If you lose by 44 and you are not frustrated, that's that's a problem. That's a bigger problem in my mind. You lose by 44 and you are not frustrated. He should be. Everybody on the team should be frustrated. They all should be. So when we look at, you know, well, who is LeBron frustrated? Yeah, LeBron said change need, need to happen and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they need to figure out a way to play better. And that's even with all the players missing that they've got missing. Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, Cam Reddish, you know, Gabe Vincent. They, and it's been a revolving door all season. All season. It's been one guy after another, injury after injury after injury. And we're not even 20 games in. I mean, it's crazy how many injuries this team has suffered already. But yeah, LeBron should be frustrated. And yes, Things need to change. Because you know what? We're seeing the, the same game script play out night after night after night. What happens? The Lakers, they start off decent. Then things fall apart midway through the first quarter. End of the first quarter, they're trailing. Second quarter, eh, they kind of you know, hang in there. Sometimes make a little bit of a comeback. Third quarter, they really push down on the gas. And then fourth quarter, they try to finish off a comeback because they were down double digits at some point. And they hope that they can uh, hit that turbo button and come back and get the win. 
That's not a good sustainable way to win basketball games, by the way. Relying on the turbo button to get you caught up because you dug a hole early. Not ideal. Not ideal. So LeBron is frustrated and he should be. He should be. And hopefully that's that frustration gets taken out on the Pistons. M. Dredd, stop saying AD wasn't bad. He had 13 at the half, 17 at the end. I, When I was talking about on the postgame show, I was talking about AD wasn't bad. I meant his stat line. If you look at his stat line, you go, okay, that's not, that's not a bad performance, right? Put up 17 points. Not, not a terrible. We've seen worse from AD, right? Everybody deserves plenty of blame in this game. There's plenty of blame to go around in this one. Everybody was, let's face it, pretty much everybody was bad in this game. Uh, JP said, I don't care who we got. If this is the level of energy night after night, forget it. LA's game behavior is really concerning. Hashtag master lock. Yep. Yeah. I would hope in the film, they look back and they're saying, what were we doing? What were we thinking? And, it, and it's really going to stick out where they just, they were not locked in. I don't know. Did they go out in Philly the night before or something? Philly nightlife undefeated. Lakers definitely didn't bring it that game. Re, the current team is nowhere near a ring. I'm cool with trading anyone not named Braun, AD, or Austin Reeves. You know, I do think the Lakers are going to make some moves. I do think they're going to make some moves before the trade deadline. But I think as much as when we see the team play poorly, and especially when we see them play this, that poorly, um, there's that anger, there's that frustration from the fan base because not only are they playing bad, but the effort, the intensity was not there. You want to just rage trade everybody, right? Like that's just, that's the, the natural reaction. These guys are frustrating. These guys made me mad. My team lost because of, because these guys are not playing hard or whatever, right? And it becomes just trade them all the way. Get them, you know, get them out of my sight right now. That's the reaction from fans. But from the team perspective, what the team has to do is they have to figure out, okay, what do we have? What do we not have? I do think there's a few things they need. I think three-point shooting is a need. I think they need a top-level guard defender. I think that's something that they need. I think they could use somebody else who is a true creator. And they could use a true big, a, a full-sized big, not uh, a guy who is 215 to 230 masquerading as a center. I think they could use all of those things. Now, are you going to find all those things in the, on the trade deadline? Probably not. You're probably not going to get all of those, but could you get two of them? Maybe. I do think the moves are coming. But for the Lakers, they need to figure out what is most important, who's available, what's it going to cost us, and those things aren't going to become clear for a couple of months. right? It's usually right before the trade deadline that this stuff really starts to solidify and teams start getting serious about their offers. So I do think the Lakers are going to make some moves. I think they've got the pieces required to make moves. And I do think they have needs that would push them to make moves. But which needs exactly they target and how they go about doing that, that's all going to be determined over the next, say, six weeks or so. They'll get a better sense of what it is exactly that they have and what it is that they need the most. James Miller 
Said, have to talk about Torian on defense. Absolutely shredded by the high screen. No adjustments. Both our runs in the second and third were with him out. You know, I, I think he's being asked to be a primary ball stopper on the perimeter, which is a bit much. I think his role shifts quite a bit in a positive way when Jared Vanderbilt comes back, when Cam Reddish is, is back in action. I think that will change things for Torian Prince. I still think he's a bargain on his contract. I still think he's a, a better three-point shooter than what we've seen. I think his numbers will come back around. And I think his role out of necessity is being miscast right now. But the Lakers just don't have another person to do that because they've got so many injuries. NTFP Gaming said, so how many more years of ham with these kind of results do you give him? Also, can't even remember what JHS is even good at at this point. Well, I mean, you haven't seen him. He literally played his first NBA game against the 76ers. That was literally his first game, right? We've seen him in preseason. We've seen him in summer league, but that's it. So JHS, he's been hurt the rest of the season. He's got a long way to go. Yes, it's frustrating when you're seeing Jaime Hawkes, uh, like play real minutes and make a difference for the Miami Heat. Um, and you think about you know what he could be on the Lakers. I, I get that's frustrating. Um, but... If you are, if you're looking at JHS and you're you're expecting him to be a day one contributor, it's 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 just not gonna it's not gonna happen. As far as what is he good at, he's very big, he's very physical, he's very strong for a guard. Uh, he's got pretty good vision, and I think he can be a, a plus defender. The question with him is is the shot ever going to come around? And I know that's frustrating. I know it's frustrating to hear because. For years, it feels like the Lakers have had guys that just can't shoot. And you look at their three-point stats, and that's what it tells you. They haven't been able, been able to get guys who can shoot consistently for years. And so if you now have this rookie that you brought in that you use the 17th pick on, and that's the question mark for him too, is is he ever going to be able to shoot? I get that's frustrating. But I also think it's simply too soon to write off JHS. Now, that doesn't mean what we've seen hasn't been underwhelming because it has been especially after Darvin Ham called him the MVP of training camp from day one. Um, yeah, what we've seen actually out on the floor, there's no question. It's been underwhelming for a 17th pick. It's just too early to be completely out on a young player who literally just played in his first NBA game. And that's what I'm seeing from fans. Seeing fans say, oh, well, you know, he's a bust. and all that. Just, It's too soon. It's too, And you know what? Maybe that's ultimately where it winds up. That could be where it winds up. There's no guarantee that it's not going to wind up there. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying give him time and everything's going to be great. I'm saying it's too soon to make that kind of determination right now. Now, as far as Ham, how many years with these kind of results? All right, so Darvin Ham signed a four-year deal with the Lakers. That was last summer. So Darvin, that means he has, after this season, two more years under contract. If you're the Lakers and you decide Darvin Ham isn't it, and you want to part ways with him. Um, you are making the decision that you're going to pay two coaches. Because you're going to pay Darvin. He's going to keep getting his salary. You're going to pay him to go away. You're going to pay him to not coach for you. And you're going to bring in somebody else. And you're going to pay them to do, the, to do that job. So how many years with these kind of results? If things really fall apart this year, maybe the Lakers move on this summer. Maybe. And then things would have to really fall apart this season. Right now, the Lakers have a winning record. But have to remember, last year, in his first year with the Lakers, 
Darvin Ham took them to the Western Conference Finals. And I know we've been, fans have been frustrated with him, frustrated with his rotations. You know, I've, I've heard of some players who have even been frustrated with some things, but that, look, they're not going to make that move now. It's not happening right now. It would take things really falling apart. And even then, we're probably talking about this summer. And even then, I don't know for sure that they that they do it. The rotations, certainly there's some questions there. The offensive execution, plenty of questions there. But I think a big part of it too is, let's say the Lakers say, all right, financially, we're going to bite the bullet. We're going to, we're going to pay two coaches. And they've done that in their past before. They've done it before. But let's say they decide they're going to do that. They're going to move on from Darvin Ham. Who are they getting right now? Like the people who want to say, get rid of Darvin now. This team won't go anywhere if Darvin Ham's the head coach. Okay, you want to get rid of him midseason. Who are you replacing him with? And don't say Phil Jackson. He's not, not doing that. So who are you replacing him with? That's better that can come in and take a team midway through the season and is going to make them better. That's part of it too. That's part of it too. And I'm, I'm by far, I'm not saying that, that Darwin has been perfect because he definitely has not. He's not been perfect. Um, which, by the way, as I'm talking about this, the Warriors and the Kings are having a crazy finish. Oh, Steph Curry almost won it for the Warriors at the buzzer, but our old friend Malik Monk wound up hitting the game winner for the Sacramento Kings. Wow. Sorry, I have that going on. Um, the other side of my camera here. Goodness. Another great, great game for the NBA in-season tournament. Crazy stuff. Anyway, I don't see them moving on from Darwin. I know a lot of people are frustrated with him, but, and I know it's it's not just fans, but I just don't think it's going to happen right now. And I know that's what a lot of people want to hear. A lot of people want to hear, get rid of Darvin right now and it's going to happen and they're going to move on from him and all this stuff. I just don't see it happening. till the summer at the earliest. At the earliest. All right. Muhammad said, I get that Ham coached well against the Warriors in the playoffs, but we can't rest on our laurels. Sooner or later, Ham's got to go. Yeah, I mean... It would require, again, things to really fall apart. Remember, the Lakers are above 500 right now. They've had a ton of injuries, and they're above 500. Like, if you're the team, if you're you're the front office, and you're saying, we're going to pay two coaches, you got to be damn sure that Darvin Ham can't get you where you want to go. And I know a lot of fans say we're, we're there. But we look at the results. They went to the Western Conference Finals, and they're above 500 right now, despite being just just hammered by injuries all season. That's that's not the kind of stuff that gets a coach fired. That's the opposite. That doesn't mean it's been pretty. That doesn't mean the numbers look good. The offensive rating is terrible. But if you're the Lakers and you're saying, well, we've survived despite all these injuries, what does this look like when we're not so injured? What does this look like if guys get healthy in a couple weeks? Then what do we have? Then you go from there. And you go from there. I know a lot of fans are, are at that point. Get rid of Darvin. I don't see it. I don't see them doing that just yet. It's going to take, again, summer at the earliest, it's going to take more time for something like that to happen. All right. 
I appreciate you guys for joining. Make sure you do check out the YouTube channel membership program. Click that join button, especially if you want to come join us on uh, Friday for the, the bonus live show for channel members where you can actually join the stage and, and come on and talk Lakers basketball with us. It's always a good time. Um, so check that out. And then we've got Lakers, Pistons today. Got to get it done. Got to find a way to get that, that win. Come join us over on playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Watch the game with us. Hang out with us during the game. And then, of course, come right back to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel for Lakers Nation Live, where I'll break down everything that happened in the game. Once again, thank you, everybody. Certainly appreciate you watching and listening. Till next time, see ya, and stay safe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.